All right, fellow fact checkers, we've got a brand new sponsor, and I am excited to promote this product. It's Fox and Sons Coffee. Now, Fox and Sons Coffee is a family-owned and operated small business selling whole bean, organically roasted, amazingly good coffee. On their website, Steve, the company's founder, describes how his love of coffee started with special Saturdays with his dad when he was growing up. Steve wants to share his love of coffee with you and the entrepreneurial spirit with his sons. Check out the website, foxnsons.com. And take a look at their best offer. A monthly subscription for three bags of coffee with free shipping for $38.89. Also, Steve's been on the show. He's a friend of the show. He follows us on the morning after as well as here on Fact Check This Podcast. Steve is a great dude. Great company to support. So go check out Fox and Sons Coffee. And get your morning started off right with a bag of delicious Fox and Sons Coffee. Let's start the show. This episode will be completely taken out of context. Welcome to the Fact Check This Podcast. All right, Fact Check This Podcast, and I'm in a little bit of a hurry today because I've had plumbers out and been wrangling dogs, trying to get stuff ready for visiting family this week. So I'm going to try to bang through this one pretty quick because it isn't super long, and I think I can knock it out. As promised, I said I was going to talk about when a conspiracy theory turns out to be more than a theory. So let's take a look at this article, and we're just going to hit the ground running. It's from the Washington Examiner, when a conspiracy theory turns out to be not a theory. When a conspiracy theory turns out to be not a theory on Monday, the New York Times published a story about Connick, a small election software company that has just 27 employees, 21 based in Michigan, and six in Australia. The paper reported that Connick has been the target of election deniers who have made it the focus of a new conspiracy theory about the 2020 presidential election. Now, this is from October 5th of this year, so not super long ago. Using threadbare evidence or none at all, the New York Times' Stuart A. Thompson reported, the election deniers said Connick had secret ties to the Chinese Communist Party and had given the Chinese government backdoor access to personal data about 2 million poll workers in the United States. Sounds bad, right? In the last two years, the New York Times added, conspiracy theorists have subjected election officials and private companies that play a major role in elections to a barrage of outlandish voter fraud claims. But now, the attacks on Connick demonstrate how far-right election deniers are also giving more attention to new and more secondary companies and groups. Connick officials assured the New York Times that none of the accusations were true, Thompson reported, uh, that employees feared for their safety from right-wing violence, which doesn't exist, and that Connick's founder and chief executive, Eugene Yu, an American citizen who immigrated from China in 1986, went into hiding with his family after receiving threatening messages. Any reasonable reader would come away with the conclusion that Connick, an innocent company that makes products to deal with basic election logistics, such as scheduling poll workers, has been the target of crazy and possibly dangerous conspiracy theories. To press the point, the New York Times used the phrase conspiracy theory or conspiracy theorists nine times in the article, once in the headline, how a tiny election company became a conspiracy theory target, seven times in the body of the story, and once in a photo caption. You got it? So if we fast forward one day, 24 hours later, the New York Times publishes another story about Connick. This one headlined, Election Software Executive 
arrested on suspicion of theft. Thompson reported that you had been arrested by Los Angeles County officials in connection with an investigation into the possible theft of personal information about poll workers. Wow, imagine that. From the New York Times, the company has been accused by groups challenging the validity of the 2020 presidential election with storing information about poll workers on servers in China. The company has repeatedly denied keeping data outside of the United States, including in recent statements to the New York Times, and then the Los Angeles County District Attorney's Office said its investigators had found data stored in China. And this is from the New York Times on the core of the matter. Connick came under scrutiny this year by several election deniers, including a founder of True the Vote, a nonprofit that says it's devoted to uncovering election fraud. True the Vote said its team had downloaded personal information on 1.8 million American poll workers from the server owned by Connick and hosted in China. It said it obtained the data by using the server's default password, which was said, which it said was password. If your password is password, you're pretty fucking fucked on the password. The group provided no evidence that it had downloaded the data, saying that it had given the information to the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Connick denied all wrongdoing. Yes, it owned a subsidiary in China, it conceded, but there has been have been no data breaches. Connick actually sued True the Vote for defamation and for stealing its data. And Alconic's founder and top executive is charged with doing what True the Vote said the company was doing. In a statement, Los Angeles County District Attorney George Gascon stressed that Connick's alleged crimes did not affect any election results. Of course it didn't. Of course it didn't. The alleged conduct has no impact on the tabulation of votes and did not alter election, stat uh, election results, Gascon said. But security in all aspects of any election is essential so that we all have full faith in the integrity of the election process. We'll now see how the case progresses, but for the moment, look at it as a media story. Why does the New York Times appear so gullible in this matter? Why was it not more skeptical of Connick's claims? Why did it not at least signal to the reader that all might not be as it seemed? Probably because the first Connick story, the Monday story, appeared intended, more than anything, to knock down those conspiracy theorists and election deniers who are the bad guys in the play. The New York Times appears to have shifted to reflexive us-versus-them mode in an effort to defend the results of the 2020 election. But here's the thing. It is possible to believe that the 2020 election result, Joe Biden's victory, was legitimate and also believe that there were problems in a variety of elections or in a, a variety of areas of the election. After all, it was an unprecedented election amid a coronavirus pandemic Lawmakers and local officials around the country rushed huge, never-before-attempted changes in election procedures into effect for the voting. How could there not be problems? Indeed, we are still dealing with the aftereffects of those changes, undoing some and reforming others. But in the Connick story, the New York Times just jumped to the defense of the good guys against the bad guys. But why? The Washington Examiner's Tim Carney tweeted, It's the very same reason everything about Hunter Biden's laptop was considered disinformation right away deserving of a media blackout. In other words, the New York Times assumed a simple, unexamined, emotion-based assumption who the good guys were and who the good guy and who the bad guys were in the story. And in this case, 
it appears the paper got it wrong. I I thoroughly enjoyed the Washington Examiner. I highly recommend you check check them out. Some of their stuff does lean a little a little right, even for my liking, or a little conspiracy theorist 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 I don't know what word I'm looking for, but I do generally like a lot of their stuff. That's uh, well written as well. This is really funny because this sort of stuff has been happening regularly, over and over and over. Again. I mean, you saw it with the Juicy Smollett thing. Uh, there was a story that just recently got run about how there was a uh, some white supremacist was doing all kinds of like crazy shit at a uh, leading up to the state fair in Alabama or something like that. But then it turned out that it was a black guy who was actually doing all of that stuff. Uh, like they are journalism is a fucking joke these days. They are so quick to run with anything and everything that they think makes their point and makes the other side look like the bad guy. But then as soon as it turns out that they're wrong or or as soon as something comes out that is to the contrary of what they had just been saying, they're very quick to either brush that under the rug or just ignore it entirely. Or they'll issue some half-hearted pissant type of a apology or correction. Usually they'll do a correction and they'll put it at the on like page six or something like they'll they'll put the they'll put a correction somewhere like towards the back in the middle where nobody's going to see it. They, they never are openly admitting, hey, we made a mistake here. Like, look, we said all this stuff, and we told you that all of this stuff was absolutely 100% factually true, but oh, uh, we were wrong. They never come out and say that. Like, when they do, they make sure they bury it or suppress it so that nobody sees it. They do it very quietly. Uh, it's the same thing that the fact checkers do. It's It's the reason that I started this to begin with, because what the fact checkers do is they come out and they have this big, bold headline that says, uh, such and such statement was made and we fact check that and that is false or that is misinformation or that is missing context. And it never fails that the, the false missing context or misinformation or what have you is usually actually true, but if you read past the first paragraph you find out what's what's true and what's not and more often than not what's true is that the thing that they're fact checking and debunking is actually true they just don't like the way it's been worded or it's coming from the wrong side so you can't believe these sources or these people were saying this without any evidence here's the evidence but they didn't have that evidence when they said it they didn't know these things so they weren't saying it because it was true. They were saying it because they're conspiracy theorists. Yeah, thanks, motherfucker. You're real helpful. Mainstream media is a fucking joke. If you haven't figured out where to find good alternative news sources like the Washington Examiner, like the Epoch Times, uh, Fee is really good. Anything from the Libertarian Institute, anything from the Mises Institute, uh, like antiwar.com, you you should really be looking for i have a washington post new york times and atlantic subscription and it is strictly for the purpose of i want to see what the psychopaths are saying so that i can go find the true story behind it and dissect what they said and fact check their fact checks and show that they're wrong that's the only reason i keep a subscription to any of those 
plus that it was stupid cheap when I got the subscription. So why not? Um, it's no significant money out of my pocket anyway, so it's not like it matters to me anyway. Um, and if you want to look at some of those and, and see some of the insanity that goes on, just hit me up. I'll, I'll give you my login information. I don't care. Uh, we should be we should be looking at the stuff that they have to say. We should be looking into what is the left saying? What do they believe? What do they think? Because you have to understand the way your enemy thinks if you're ever going to have a chance to actually defeat your enemy, right? Like it's part of a good strategy when you're playing football or basketball or whatever sport. You need to watch film and do scouting and see what your other team, what what your opposing team does, see what they do well, what they do poorly, what are their tendencies, what are, you know, where are their weak spots? And you want to target those things that are weak and you want to exploit those and you want to try to keep them from being able to set up and do the things that they do well. If you're not listening to your opposition, if you're not going and finding some of this stuff and reading it and, and getting in tune with what the left thinks and what they are planning and the way they're operating, how are you ever gonna how are you ever gonna put together a solid game game plan or strategy to defeat them? You're not. You're you're gonna keep banging your head against the wall and you're never gonna make any progress. So people can make fun of me for having a subscription to the Washington Post and the New York Times if they want, but the shit's beneficial. Like you get to see what it is that they actually care about and what what it is that they actually believe in and what it is that they actually think is important. And then you get to build your strategy around that and find a way to make an impact on people who might might listen from that side. If Especially if you find yourself getting into arguments or conversations or debates about this sort of stuff, that you, you have to understand both sides of an argument in order to effectively argue and have a chance to win the argument. If you only come in with your knowledge of your side, but you have no idea what they're going to come at, then you have to be able to kind of play the prediction game of if i make this argument this is going to be their counter argument when they make that counter argument i need to have this these facts and these stats and this information to come back at them with to counter that they're going to say that i'm lying or that none of that is true or whatever and you can even provide sources and they're still not going to read the sources and they're not going to believe it but other people who are looking at that conversation will see that and they'll say oh shit this guy actually knows what the fuck he's talking about and this person's a raving fucking lunatic maybe I should check out what this guy is saying. Like you have to prepare yourself. This is uh, this is sort of a psychological and mental warfare that we're going through right now with the media and talking about the way they're, that you know the New York Times is running these articles where <laughs> literally 24 hours later, they go from talking about how this company has been at, um, being besieged by election denier conspiracy theorists to, well, actually everything that those conspiracy theorists were saying was true like, and completely unironically doing it like with no with no apology given whatsoever so this is like this is a legitimate war that we're fighting you you need to prepare yourself for battle uh on the intelligence side of things to to be able to make your point convey your point back your point up and refute the points that come from the other side that's the way you win arguments. That's the way you go into a debate and with a strategy to actually attack and win. And that's what you have to be doing in daily conversations when when messing with this sort of stuff. You need to be 
preparing yourself and planning to attack and win. That's all I got for today. Hope everybody enjoyed this. Hope you got something out of this. Be sure to check out the Washington Examiner, Epoch Times, and all the other stuff that I mentioned before. Uh, I'm not going to link to all of it. Hopefully you can you know, do a basic Google search and figure it out. Uh, in the meantime, I hope everybody has a great rest of your day, a great rest of your week. I will be back for the next show, and um, I'm still not sure which article I want to do yet, so I'm going to think about that. Uh, there's There are two that really interest me, and I don't know how I want to tackle them yet. So we'll see. We'll see what I come up with. But, and who knows, maybe I'll throw an interview in there somewhere and uh, break up some of the monotony of just me reading articles. Never know. Hope everybody has a great rest of your day, a great rest of your week, and I will catch you next time. Don't forget to head over to PalomaVerdeCBD.com and check out our longest and most favorite sponsor, Carlos Vanessa Abelar and Paloma Verde CBD. Get all of your CBD needs, and you get 10% off your order of $75 or more, plus anything over $75 is free shipping. So head over to PalomaVerdeCBD.com to get all your CBD needs. Have a good week, everybody.